0: father what can we say you are our living hope the grave could not hold you thank you lord thank you for the ministry in song that we've received today thank you lord that your spirit is working in our hearts even now we pray oh god that your spirit will continue Pray that Kim and myself will be hidden behind the cross of Jesus Christ, so that, Lord, the signer and the speaking will all be towards You, Lord, to Your glory and to Your honour. That hearing and deaf alike will be blessed today, Lord. Through Your Word, we pray. We praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, those of you, thank you, James, for that. I really appreciate that. Church appreciate that as well, I'm sure. Last week, we were looking at um, the greatest event that's going to happen. It hasn't happened yet, but it's going to happen. The greatest event is the return of Jesus Christ. Wonderful event that's going to be. And we, we looked at how we, as Christians, how we should conduct ourselves while we wait for that day how we should be conducting ourselves. And we we talked about how we should be obeying the law of the land. Not lawbreakers, but obeying the the, the law that is before us in the land today. We spoke about paying our taxes and, and handling money correctly. And we also spoke about living obedient lives to God. Do you know that Christianity is good for any nation. Christianity is good for any nation. Going back um, to the first century, when um, a guy called Augustine, he was an emperor of Rome. And Augustine heard the message of the Bible, heard the message of the gospel, and Augustine became a Christian. He became a fellow of Jesus Christ, this great man. And this man, once he looked into the word of God and saw how, how good Christianity was for a nation, he declared that throughout the whole Roman Empire, Christianity will be its official faith. I was speaking to a, a friend who's a, a police officer um, the other week. And he studied... the the revival that took place in Wales in 1904-1905. And um, before that time, in Wales, was a very, very dark place. There was um, high levels of crime. Drunkenness was rife throughout many of the villages. And family breakdown because of gambling and drunkenness was great. In 1903 or 4 or 5, there was a revival of, the, of Christianity. The Holy Spirit came down on that small village because of a few elderly people who were praying. A few elderly ladies were praying that God might come down in power. And the Lord did. The Holy Spirit was outpoured out in Wales. Check out your history books. And when the Spirit came down, things changed. Communities were changed. Pubs and gambling houses were closed down. The, um, the drinking was, was, you know, was minimal, stopped, basically. And even the police officers had nothing to do. They had no crime to investigate. And so the police officers formed a choir and went to different churches singing. And I said to my friend that, you know, wouldn't it be wonderful to have the same thing today? To have the Metropolitan Police Service come to Golding's Church to sing. Because they've got nothing else to do on a Sunday morning. would it be wonderful for the Spirit of God to do a work so powerfully and so mightily in London and the surrounding area. That crime and and, and drunkenness and gambling completely vanishes. Why? Because the Spirit of God descends upon London. But even the courthouses have no cases to call that was what it was like over in Wales check it out in your own history books and the question really we need to ask ourselves is why, how did that happen well so my first heading today just looking at this Lordship of Christ, the Lordship of Christ, that's my only heading today the Lordship of Christ the reason why Happened in Wales, the reason why we long to see it today, but the reason why it happened in Wales is when the Holy Spirit comes down on a person in power, he brings about a deep work of repentance. The Holy Spirit come down any group of people in this church or any other church. The first thing he does is that he brings a deep sense of repentance. That is, the person is stopped dead in his tracks. He sees that the way that he's living or the way that she's living is wrong. He sees that if he continues living the same way he realized that he would end up in hell. He realized that if he continues living the same way he's living, he will end up having to deal with the anger and the wrath of God. And he gets a deep sense, a deep reality, that God is against him. And that he needs to change his thinking. He needs to change his mind. And he needs to change his life. And when the Spirit does that work, is changed inside and he has to say and we have it here in the words of Paul in Romans chapter 10 he has to say these words Jesus is Lord and he believes in his heart that God raised him from the dead the Bible says you will be saved for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you confess your faith and are saved listen when a person has the Holy Spirit come upon them and brings that sense of repentance they have to say Jesus is Lord now what does that mean well let me take you back again to the first century again to the Roman Empire you see, the Roman Empire had Caesars, rulers. These Caesars, these Caesars, when they ruled the empire, anytime they came into an arena or came into a place, a public place, the people would cry, Hail Caesar! Hail Caesar! Hail Caesar! That's what they would cry, Hail Caesar! But the Christians at that time had a different song. we might sing it here but the song was like this here's the words all hail king jesus all hail emmanuel king of kings lord of lords bright morning star that was the christians mantra back then where everybody else was saying hail caesar hail caesar the christians would turn around and say hail king jesus Hail, Emmanuel, King of Kings. And because they wouldn't hail to Caesar, but they only will bow and hail to Jesus, that's why so many of them died in the arenas and in the, in the Colosseums of Rome. You see, when you turn around and say that Jesus is Lord, you're turning around and saying, Hail, King Jesus. When you turn around and say Jesus is Lord. You're turning around and raising him up above yourself. And saying you are king. You are Lord. And you are Lord of my life. That's what you're saying. When you say hail King Jesus. So now Paul comes to Romans 14. That's where we are. That's where we're going to settle down. Romans 14 and verse 7 and 8. He says these words. For none of us live ourselves alone and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord and if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die we belong to the Lord. None of us live to himself alone he says. Sadly I have to say that Christianity has sunk into the low levels of Self-centeredness. We are very, we're basically living for ourselves. It's all about me. All about moi. All about myself. What can Christianity do for me? What can I get out of Christianity? What can I get out of God? What has God got to do for me? I mean, when did I answer my prayers? And and I want to come to church if I need something. And Christianity has become self-centered all about me and the reason why it's become like that because our society has become like that we live in a society where the individual is the most important person so whatever the individual wants we're going to give it to him if you're a 10 year old boy and you want to be a girl then we're going to help him to transform to whatever and become, get the doctors in and get this young boy changed because it's all about individuals. If a man wants to be a woman, doctors and nurses will help him to transform himself that he might change because he's an individual and he has rights. If he wants to be a woman, then we need to help him be a woman. My family was over in France um, last year, this year, this year. And um, we was looking at a beautiful building and and was enjoying a little small town in France. I was walking around. And then um, we had this funny experience because a man walked past us. This man was six foot five. He had a five o'clock shadow on his face. Those of you who don't know what five o'clock shadow is, it's just a unshaven face and he walked past us I've noticed he's wearing a skirt and high heel shoes and I looked at Joseph and Joseph looked at me and we was confused why was this 6 foot 5 man walking around a small village in France dressed as a woman there must be something wrong with his head that's what I was thinking and yet our society will say, no, no, there's nothing wrong with him. Allow him to express himself. He is an individual. And so Paul turns around and says, this is our society. And what's happened in our society is seeping into our church. And what's happening, Paul is saying, but when a person becomes a Christian, he does not live for himself alone person gets me and repentance he gets born again, he realises that he's a sinner, he realises that God died, Christ died for him and he's changing his thinking, he's changing his way Paul says you do no longer live for yourself alone, you don't even live for the approval of the society alone, no the Bible says when you become a Christian you live to please God a change. Different to what our society is saying. Individualism is fine, you go ahead, you do what you want to do. No, the Bible says, once you get born again, you no longer live for yourself alone, but you live for the glory and the honour of Christ. Listen to what Paul says. Paul says this, For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Here's Paul. For me to live, not for myself, for me to live, he says, is Christ. Well, what does that look like in our Bible read? How does it mean to to live for Christ? Well, Paul in Romans 14, he brings it out a little bit in verse 6. He says this in verse 6. Whoever regards one day as special, does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat, so to the Lord, for they give thanks to God. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord and give thanks to God. In other words, what Paul is saying is this: your whole life, whether you're eating, whether you're drinking, whether you are here on a Sunday, or whether you're somewhere else on a Monday. What Paul is saying is, everything you belong to the Lord. Now I was speaking to a couple of businessmen um, two weeks ago, and on two different occasions, and I uh, I was speaking to them, and they said to me about um, they're Christians, and they said to me, you know, when I pray, I pray for my family, I pray for my health, and I pray for my church. They said. I don't bring God into my business. I don't pray about my work. They said both of them said that, and I said, "Well, why not? Why don't you bring God into your business? Why don't you bring God into your workplace? Why are you praying for your family and for your health?" Well, you know, I, I just think that God is not concerned about that. He's concerned about my family. He's concerned about my health. He's concerned about, but my that Monday morning business. You know, it's it's my business. I I work hard to put it up. I I, I get myself there every morning. I, I, I sort out the accounts. It's all me, me, me. So I don't bring God into my work business. But you know, if you say that Jesus is Lord. If you say, hail, King Jesus. Then you need to understand that he's Lord. Whatever you eat. He is Lord on a Sunday, but he is also Lord on a Monday morning. He is Lord on a Monday, he is Lord on a Tuesday, he is Lord right through to Friday and Saturday. He is Lord. and I want to tell you this, he is concerned about your Monday morning commute into London. He's concerned about you sitting in your bank or sitting in your office or sitting and working in your factory or working on some roof or working in building. He's concerned about every single area of your life. Why? Because he is Lord. And so we have these wonderful verses here and, and, and sadly what we have done in Christianity is that we've bought Jesus, we put him in a, in, in a Sunday box. We placed him in a, in a Wednesday box. We bring him out every time we want to see him. And we say, okay, come out now and, and, and show yourself. But on the other days, go back in and hide yourself. That's what Christianity has become in the UK. We have turned God into someone that we don't want to see, like a friend that we want to bring out in some parties. In other places, we, we rather they not come with us. But the Bible says right here that Jesus is Lord because even what you eat or what day you might worship on, he is Lord of those days. But look at also what that verse says. It says this. If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, I love this word, we belong to the Lord. I love that. Whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. You know, have you ever bought a car that belonged to someone who really looked after it? I had a friend who had a Mercedes, it was on the old free plate, it was 15 years old, this car. But this guy that I know, he cared for this car, the paintwork was immaculate, interior was spotless. This man had the car serviced, had the car checked over every single year. It ran like a dream, even though it was 15 years old. And the reason why he looked after it, because he paid for it, it belonged to him. It was his car. And because it belonged to him, he made sure he took care of that vehicle. Belonging to the Lord. Means that he will take care of you. Belonging to the Lord in life, he will take care of you in life. Though through all the changing scenes of your life, the highs and the lows, in the workplace or in the home, on holiday or on terrible days. Whatever it may be, the promise is this, never will I leave you alone. Never will I forsake you. You belong to me, says the Lord, and I will care for you. That's what belonging to the Lord means. In fact, I love this, psalmist puts it better than what I can ever put it. The psalmist said this, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. I love that. No matter where it goes to the psalmist, matter what happens to me, said the psalmist? Well, I'm in the other side of the sea or down in the death. Your right hand, he says, your right hand will hold me fast. Why? Well, it's all that verse in Romans right there. Because you belong to me. But also in death. Okay. Also, in death, the Bible says that. Um, let's change over. Technology. Thank you very much, James. The Bible also says, in death, you belong to Him. In death, you know, I often ask myself about that story. You know, the story of the prodigal son, the boy who. Um, Leaves his father's home and goes into the far country. You remember that story? And he squanders his father's wealth and he ends up in a pigsty. I often ask myself this question I ask myself, what would have happened if that boy died in the pigsty? I ask myself that question What would have happened? If that boy didn't make it home, didn't get to say what he said to the father, what would have happened to that boy if he had died in the pigsty? And Do you know what conclusion I came to? I came to this conclusion. The father would go and get him. The father would have found him. And the father would have brought him home. Why? Because that boy belonged to the father. Listen. Even in death. When it's time for your eyelids to close. When the last breath leaves your body. When you no longer have any strength anymore. And you're laying there in the hospital bed. And they're about to switch off the the machines. And all your family is around you. And there's sadness and tears around you. Even then, guess what? You belong to the Lord. And he will carry you safely home. He will take you from the hospital bed and bring you to glory. Because you belong to him. Praise be to God. The question then is Do you belong to the Lord? That's the question. Do you belong to him? Can you say, Jesus is Lord. Now James didn't know what I was going to be preaching on, but when he stopped us, here I am to worship. He didn't realize that I was going to come on to this. Here I am to worship. Here I am to say that you're my God. So the question is, can you say Jesus is Lord? Do you belong to him? That's the question. Well, someone may turn around and ask, well, how can I belong to the Lord? I've always called this book of Romans the gospel of God. And in one verse, in chapter 14, again, the gospel of God is seen. Look at what he says in this one verse. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and and the living here is the gospel of Romans the gospel of God Jesus Christ died the awful death he had the wrath of God poured out upon him he himself took the punishment took the pain took the stripes took the wrath of God for you. And the Bible said on the third day, there was a rumbling. On the third day, there was a movement. I love what James said in his song. The body that was dead. No breath was in that body. But suddenly on the third day, his chest begins to move again. And breath enters into that body. And on the third day, the stone was rolled away. And Jesus was raised from the dead. He did that. All of that. Why? So he might be Lord of the living. That's you. And Lord of the dead. And that will be you and me when we die. He is Lord of the living and he is Lord of the dead. Therefore, my dear friend, it's extremely important that you know him as Lord. Lord extremely important that you know that you belong to him extremely important you just cannot say jesus is lord and live as you like you cannot do that you cannot say oh hello king jesus but then go and do what you want no he is lord and he affects your life and the reason why it's important that you think about how you live is this next verse This next verse is one of the most scariest verses I find in Romans for me. And this verse says this. So then, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Don't that terrify you? I know it worries me. Then each of us, each of us, every single one of us will give an account to himself before God. I think that's a fearful thing. The only way that this verse does not become so fearful, the only way this verse. Does not terrify you. The only way it can leave you with a peace is if you belong to Jesus Christ. It's the only way, because, he, if you belong to Jesus, he will speak for you. When the Bible speaks about you giving an account, I love what it says in the word. Listen what it says in the Word of God. 1 John says this, My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Hallelujah! We have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous One. Do you know what an advocate is? Do you know what a lawyer does? A lawyer, an advocate, speaks on your defence. He stands and he represents you. He tells you to shut up and let me do the talking. That's what an advocate does. And when the Bible says each one of us will have to give an account before God. I want Jesus to say to me, Jerry Sandy, shut up. You've been preaching too long. It's time for you to remain silent. I am your advocate. And I will speak on your defense. We have an advocate with a father. Do you have that advocate? Do you have that one who will see you in court, sit down next to you, and when the judge stands on the throne and says, right, time, Mrs., time, Mr., for you to give me an account of all that you have done. Speak up. What's your defense? I'm praying that you will turn around and say, I have no defense but I have someone who is my defense. Look at Jesus. I belong to him. That's the only way this verse does not scare me. Other than that, that verse terrifies me. Whether you like it or not, Paul brings it out again in Romans, whether you like it or not, he mentions it again. It is written, as surely as I live, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, and every tongue will acknowledge God. As surely as I live, it's going to happen. Every single knee. I don't care whether you live in England, whether you live in Africa, whether you're in the United States of America, whether you're Pakistan, India. I don't care whether you're in Australia or in New Zealand, wherever you may be, the Bible says, your knee will bow before him and you will call to give an account. The question is, have you got an advocate? My dear little children, says John, my dear little children, I write these things to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin we have an advocate with the Father Jesus Christ the righteous one he will speak on your defense, he will be in your defense so the question I have to ask you do you belong to him do you know something or that spirit's work in your heart that brings repentance. That calls you to say, I cannot continue the way I'm going. I need to change my thinking. I need to change direction. I need to walk with God and change my life. Have you got that? Will you say that? Is that the case? Then you belong to him. In life. And surely, even in death. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Thank you, oh God, for your word. And indeed, you live. As surely as you live, you said, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And I want to thank you. That so many here today know Jesus Christ as an advocate. So many here today know Jesus Christ as a defense lawyer. So many here today know Jesus Christ, Lord, as one who will stand in their place. So many. And we thank you that, Jesus, you went into that cross and you took the pain, you took the nails, you took the suffering, and you died on that cross. And you entered into that tomb. And I thank you that death could not hold you. There was no strength in it. You conquered and defeated death. There's no shrine we can go to where people can say, this is where Jesus lies. There's no shrine, no tombstone, no no graveyard that holds the Lord Jesus today. Why? Because you are alive, exalted to the highest place. And we give you praise. And we give you thanks. For you are indeed worthy of all honour, of all praise, of all glory. Jesus, by your Spirit, release men and women who are still in chains. Release men and women who are still leaving you out and boxing you off and and causing you just to be there on a Sunday. Release men and women that we might be Christians right throughout the week seeking to honour you and praise you, Lord. Whether it's a Sunday morning, whether it's a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night, we will be giving you all the praise. Outpour your spirit, we pray. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.